0: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brian, happy Saturday, my man. How are you?
1: I I'm 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 on one like you know we were talking a little bit before. I'm I'm on one today, man. It's it's been a day,
0: but uh <laughs> But hey, guess what? Now you you can shoot the shit with me now and talk some pro yeah. wrestling, man. There you go. Absolutely. So so today is Saturday, man. Today is Saturday, and yes, we are gonna be talking SmackDown, but we are also gonna be talking Monday Night Raw from this past Monday, as we are now just two weeks away from the biggest party of the summer, which is uh, WWE SummerSlam so two weeks of build left into that show and a lot has happened This is a jam-packed show for you guys today a lot has happened this week with both raw and Smackdown Obviously, we're not gonna go over these shows in full We have a lot of topics that we do want to cover uh, that involves SummerSlam the pay-per-view uh, which we will be covering in a couple of weeks—the good and bad, and the ugly—that um, will be on a Sunday. Or, of course, if there's any changes in regards to that show, we will keep you guys updated uh, when the time comes. But let us not waste any more time. And this is a jam-packed show. There's a lots to talk about, so let us dive straight into uh, Monday Night Raw. That'll be the first show we'll talk about. We'll go over SmackDown afterwards, and then, of course, it's, you know, being Saturday. Uh, We will be talking our top five wrestlers of the week for you guys. So that will be at the end of the SmackDown review. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into this. Let's start off with Monday Night Raw. And our first topic that we have is Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Um, As the start of our number one, Cody Rhodes did start off the show calling out Brock Lesnar. Uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, to no avail. He legit comes out. There's no noise, no music, no nothing. Um, Cody Rhodes, you know, he claims that he will wait for him, and then he's brought to tears as his mom, because of course he's in he's in Atlanta, Georgia. That's like his home, um, his home state or, or home state or home city or whatever in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and you know, his mom was at ringside. He's brought to tears. His mom. They showed his, his mom sitting um at the front row at ringside. You know, talking about how much Cody means. You know, how much she means to her being there and just you know who she is and how he she's been. You know the person that Cody is today and all that fun stuff. So a little bit of motion trying to really that's the thing about Cody Rhodes, man. And I and I know I've been a broken record when it comes to Cody. As much as his booking has just been just very, just really weird after after WrestleMania. It's just like the magic and the mystique has just been has just been gone, man. It's just flipped the switch. Sure, we like Cody Rhodes. He'll still get a really decent reaction. But to me, when it comes to what he's involved in with Brock has just been he's just felt average, just like another dude on the roster. But you, it, he just reminds you of just how good of a storyteller that he is, even when there's no story to tell with Brock Lesnar here. Yeah. But he does such a, a damn freaking solid good job in just making you feel in his connection with his mother. So I did like that in that aspect. So, you know, Cody Rhodes says some more words and Brock Lesnar's music hits and then his music goes off and like Cody Rhodes, he's waiting for him at the ramp. So he's playing a little bit of mind games, right? he's, he's like playing, he's like fricking, uh, he's whispering in Kevin Dunn's ear in the production truck about turning his music on and off or something. And uh, so I like that. I, I like those little, you know, it's something different in, in regards to, you know, it's just not like the whole simple freaking. oh, I'm just getting Brock Lesnar's just beating up Cody. Like we've seen majority of this freaking. Of this entire whatever feud this is, so that little gist there of like the the music's you know stopping and going off and trying to play mind games with Cody as the music goes turns on again, and this time legit Cody's on the rampway, and he's like he's you know he's begging for for Brock to come out, he storms to the back, and all of a sudden a chair's being thrown as well as Cody Rhodes himself, and now the brawl is on, Brock is just beating the living shit out of him. He F5s him in front of his mother at freaking ringside. His mother's also yelling, you suck <laughs> at freaking ringside. And Brock just, he can't hold back, but freaking smile. He, actually, <laughs> he just freaking laughs as he's you know delivering the F5. He locks in the Kimura on, on Cody Rhodes. As you can see, like he wants, he's legit tempting to break his arm once again, but he kind of decides not to as he wants to, I guess, kind of save for when he faces him at SummerSlam as he a- accepts Cody's challenge. Uh, for SummerSlam, that match. So it is official. It'll be Cody versus Brock Part Three um, at SummerSlam. Is freaking. He puts the Kimura Lock on Cody Rhodes again. Again. He he. There was like a there was a freaking. Uh, there was like a camera shot of like Brock's face like upside down. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Freaking Brock, man. Listen, as much as this, it's 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 weird, right? Because you'd think Brock and Cody and just what segments like this, which were. Pretty darn solid, at least for what it was. But it's just like the amount of times we've been following this story, it's just, well, that's the thing. There has been no story. There's been no substance. So it's still, so yeah, the segments, they're going to pull off decent segments. They're going to do some good stuff. But at the end of the day, if there's still not a story to really latch onto, to reason why Brock is even targeting Cody in the first place, it's just like, you know, how far can a segment really go? But for what this was, man, this was probably, out of everything that Brock and Cody have been doing thus far, at least this was something different. Out of the standard just Brock just beating the shit out of Cody, um, so Brock Lesnar accepts the challenge. Like I'll see you at SummerSlam, bitch! And fricking Brock just walks up the rampway. So, uh, so Brian, I'll let you get your first takes on this man, your thoughts about this segment, and, and your thoughts about this upcoming match for SummerSlam uh, in just a couple weeks between Cody and Brock.
1: Yeah, it was an okay segment. Um I agree with you, man. I mean, Cody yeah, he he's at this point he has elevated his game and his his knowledge and whatever of the industry and the business. He is one of the top storytellers in all of wrestling right now. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And yeah, you know, like you said, I mean there's yeah, like we still don't know what the story is, like why why is Brock targeting him? You know, why why did that happen? Hopefully I mean, this, you know, at SummerSlam, it's going to be the blow-off, obviously, so,
0: yeah,
1: I mean, shit, you know, throw us a fucking bone here, man. Like, can we get, <laughs> whether it's before or after the match, or whatever, like, why did this happen, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, at the little added extra drama with, you know, being in his home state and his mom and family out there. Um, yeah, it, it was a good segment. Um, again, it it's a good segment because it's it's Brock and Cody and and they can elevate it to that. But again, mm-hmm. give what is the story? What is the yeah. story, guys? Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I didn't have an issue with it. It was all right. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll we'll see what happens at SummerSlam. I mean, Cody's got to win this match. Uh,
0: yeah. 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 So oh,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see, man. I, I just fucking explain something please
0: (laughs) (laughs) right seriously bro like yeah yeah, i mean someone's got to say it right i mean look i mean because we've said this before a lot it's just like there's only so much that these talents can do for what the story has been given to them right i mean cody rhodes can just can go out there and legit just do he can only do so much to just really try to gain attention to the audience which i think he does tremendously well even like and you can tell right like a lot of times when cody cuts a promo if you look at the crowd it's like they're hanging on to to every word that he says because he's just that good of a storyteller and the way that he just you know he, he delivers everything it's just like the way this whole american nightmare character and we've seen it in bits and pieces in AEW of course as well but now with with WWE it feels like he's fi- he's found he's found his calling card you know it's just like he's, of course like with he's AEW
1: elevated his, he's elevated himself uh, you know up to i mean i'd still put dusty above him as a storyteller but
0: yeah obviously he, yeah he's
1: elevated himself into that into that category into that group mm-hmm. into that discussion yeah i mean he's Absolutely, yeah He's his dad's son, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's one, that's good one way to way, way of putting things. Absolutely. Um, rest in peace to Dusty Rhodes, by the way, absolutely. too. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, and it's going to be interesting because obviously there's, and of course, before we get into this, uh, this next topic here with uh, moving into Monday Night Raw, obviously, of course, now the talk is with Cody Rhodes and WrestleMania and WrestleMania 40 and how he's probably going to be the guy. To which uh, to me Brian, I don't even think it's really i don't even think still it's even a guarantee to to be quite honest with you that he does right. face that that he does face Roman and wrestle me I still don't even think it's a guarantee, and let's say if it even is man it's just yeah, the moment's gonna be cool he might he might he'll probably win the title if if that is the case, but man, just i again, we talk about the momentum and the mystique and the magic that you bring into a match, and I just i I can't really see this company having that same type of momentum and feel that you had at WrestleMania 39 that you could that you're trying to do the same thing with with WrestleMania 40. And then because then there's also going to be the notion, right? Like, oh, see, like Triple H was right. The story's not finished yet. Well at that point, man, it's going to be a completely different story. This is no longer like the bloodline stick. This is a completely different book, a completely different story. So that's not yeah. even really the case either. So, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's just really, it's just weird, man. And just how, how we're getting there. Right. And that's the thing too, with Cody Rhodes and Brock and why I've always speak so spoken so highly about where these dudes are at and about the title situation to where, Cody Rhodes and Brock with a title involved in this type of scenario would work perfect for the story, but the fact that it's not, and you can tell they have nothing for it because again, there's no explanation to reason why they're even attacking each other, you know, but Cody Rhodes holding onto the title, not because yes, we would, we like to see Cody Rhodes get that moment and, and, and get his WrestleMania victory, but it makes sense for the title and how it's being booked moving forward. Right. There's nothing about Roman Reigns. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's nothing about Roman Reigns. And I know I say this all the time, guys, but there is nothing about Roman Reigns holding on the title. We're gonna get into Roman Reigns once we go over SmackDown. There's nothing about his title reign after WrestleMania that shows you that the title needs to be involved in what he's doing with his brother with with his cousins, the Usos, as well as solo Sokoa. It just doesn't makes what to just to, to, to pass Pedro Morales and and Bruno San Martino and and break all of these milestones in his title reign. Like, guys, give me a break. If that's your only excuse, then then fuck me, man. Like, what are we doing, bro? If
1: that's, if that's the only reason we're, we're doing it for the sake of breaking records, then yeah, it's shitty man? It right. Be. Like,
0: look at the segment. Like, not too like not too long ago between fricking between Jay and Roman like when Roman kind of blindsided Jay and low bloat it wasn't even about the time. he Roman legit took the belt off and tossed it to the side like the it's just an afterthought it's just being overshadowed right. and we'll talk more of course about this when we when we get into smackdown and into that rules of engagement <laughs> freaking segment but uh yeah it just it's it's really weird man like but everything that Cody Rhodes has been doing calls for the title to be involved. And it also makes sense for Brock because I always talked about the stipulation to where he faced Roman and the stipulation to where, Oh, if he loses, then as long as Roman reigns champion, you know, he can't, he can't go after that title. Well, now the title's off of Cody. Now this is his perfect time to strike. And now there's a reason to attack him. So, so yeah, man, it's just, listen, I, and whatever stipulation that Cody and Brock want to do. And I'm sure they're going to make it work for what's been given to them, or at least they're going to you know, make something work because of how good these two are. But it's just, man, it's just like, you, again, me, you think Cody, throw
1: something out to you, man. And, and tell me what you think about it. Now, yeah. this historically does not fit Brock's character persona, you know, anything like that. Right. What if, after SummerSlam, right, he he hasn't explained anything, he just come out and attacked him, and it's it's somewhat of a, um, you know, him saying, you know, finally explaining, you know, it was like, look, you know, maybe, or I'm not the guy, or I couldn't challenge Roman or whatever, but I know you are the guy, kind of thing, you know, and I, I was trying to make you better in the moment you know i know that doesn't fit brock's character or anything
0: yeah but yeah, yeah. But well i, I, I go was gonna grow. say yeah that doesn't really fit him but
1: yeah, not at all. I, and if he I but
0: mean, if you were to sure. cut that character but if you were to cut that character and 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 cut that type of segment i felt like you could have you, you could have done it by by then you, you could have oh, sure sure there could i would have done that legit after the raw after mania so I don't know, man, just doing, I think at this point, whether there's an explanation or not at this point, Brian, I feel like the fact that they are already in the third match, it's just like, yeah. I don't know if there's really, I don't know if there's really any like, hope who cares for it.
1: anymore, I guess, right? Yeah, like,
0: like I, I, hear yeah. What you're, I hear what you're saying. So maybe, I guess it, it depends on how they write the script for Brock and yeah, how, right. how he would deliver it to so maybe it could work. But I felt like that could have been done legit, the start of this right like the start of this entire feud to where okay it's like you you couldn't give us any explanation during it but now afterwards or like maybe during this (laughs) fun like they'll do it like the final the final raw of freaking SummerSlam, and like boom okay there's the explanation
1: um the
0: feud's over over. over. right yeah and it's kind (laughs) of just like okay you know what i mean so I don't yeah. know. It would <laughs> that would be something WWE would do, and I would just fucking laugh my ass off at that point. But <laughs> I, yeah, I at this point, Brian, as much as that would be like for what it for what it would be, I would I would be like, all right, it's an explanation. I would take it. But in regards to yeah. like what this feud is overall, I don't know if there's any saving for it um, at at this point. Yeah, but because I, I, I think we're I think people are just you know because you you've you've done you've dragged this out for just Brock beating up Cody and vice versa to where people i think are just turned off so by the time you you do have the explanation people are just like uh oh, whatever man you know like you could have yeah. cuz i always i'm always i'm a fan Brian of and i don't know how you feel about this is i'm i'm always a fan of doing something at the right time right like tell, doing a segment or telling the story yeah. at a very at the yeah that's exactly exactly right yeah we're gonna get into some you know that the yeah freaking in the smackdown in the smackdown review just shortly and oh boy i got a lot to say and i know brian you have a lot to say about that as well because we man (laughs) whoo what if that was that was something man but we're if you got you guys I, i know you guys who are watching this you guys know what we're talking about in regards to what happened last night but yeah, man. But yeah, but last, just a recap with, uh, with Cody and Brock. So it's just obviously, yeah, Cody Rhodes has to win this match. Um, there's no way you can have Brock freaking win this thing. And and I don't, and if you do it well, it's not going to do any harm to Brock because I mean, if you Brock is going to wrestle again, so you can't do it in a yeah. way to where he makes him look like a fucking idiot. Like he got freaking rolled up at backlash, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they're going to, yeah. they're probably going to do something like that. It's probably going to be some type of stipulation maybe or whatever. Um, maybe like in the final show, maybe they announce like they, they challenge, maybe Brock does the challenge or Cody Rhodes does the challenge, who knows, um, to kind of like up the antique with the match or something like that. And then, yeah, at at that point, man, just go their separate ways, man. There's no saving, nothing I don't think can save what, what this, whatever this feud is between these two. But, but yeah, Brian, before we get into our, our next topic, your final thoughts in regards to all that.
1: Well, just like, and I, I don't want to, you know, drag this out, but it, just, just theory, you know. So, say Cody, you know, is going to Mania next year, right, and, and facing Roman, right. So from SummerSlam, that's still what seven months away. Yeah. So you figure, okay, in that time, he's got to have at least two, three more feuds. Yeah. Who would you think that? So who with who? You know, who who are we going to feud yeah. with now after Brock?
0: That's yeah. And that's, that's the thing, right? Cause you got to keep telling the struggle and adversity stick, right? right? It's funny. I, I actually, it's funny. It's funny. You do mention that, Brian. It's like, I, cause I've been hearing rumors about Bray Wyatt lately about how Bray Wyatt is supposedly supposed to come back now, but, and, but here's the thing, I'm going to get into this and, and I'm going to get your thoughts about this is that rumors about Bray Wyatt coming back at SummerSlam involving himself in one of the three, Pretty much your three big matches or main events, which is obviously Roman versus Jey Uso, which that would make no sense. I don't know why no. you would involve in that. Cody versus Brock, as well as another match um, that I'm forgetting. Um, that's kind of losing my mind a bit. Uh, oh, the World Heavyweight Championship, I would say probably for Monday Night Raw, the uh, Seth Rollins, versus Ben Balor yeah. match. Yeah. Probably one of those three is what I'm hearing. Again, I I take these things with a grain of salt uh, yeah. when it comes to this stuff, but. But I'm thinking man like if you book it properly Cody and Bray Hey man like that's something that but here's the catch though is that Bray Wyatt's coming back and Cody needs momentum if if Cody is going to be the guy to beat Roman at at, at WrestleMania this dude has right. to continue to to win to win feuds and to rack up W so to do it after the SummerSlam match with Brock and then because Bray because then that's a tough situation right because who would lose the match because Bray just came back he can't afford to right. lose and neither can Cody so as much as I would love to see that it would have to be something at the right time but yeah I don't know man in regards to after SummerSlam it's it's going to be interesting to, to see what they do for sure but yeah Brian your, your thoughts before we get into our next segment your thoughts in regards to that
1: yeah so I mean out of those three matches I mean yeah, down the road, Bray and Cody. But you know, if if we're coming back in Summerslam and starting a feud there, um, yeah, yeah I'm with you. Like, I don't think either one of those guys can lose. Yeah. So if he's going to get involved in one of those three matches, I mean, it would have to be the Rollins and, and Balor match. Um, yeah. But I know. I mean, he's right, fought yeah. those guys before. But you know. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, no, I agree. So, yeah, because. Yeah. Maybe again, down the few, fu- maybe in the future, because like, that's a big pay-per-view type of match, sure. like Cody and freaking Bray. If you book, I mean, forget booking it properly. I mean, those two are going to tell the story like no fucking okay, exactly. either. Exactly. I so mean, holy, I'm just, guys. I'm thinking of, I'm legit thinking of like the segments that they can cut and just like, dude, man, like the shit that you can do to captivate motherfuckers, man. That's, Absolutely. that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Telling
1: a story together. For sure, man.
0: Seri- dude, seriously, man, seriously. And again, again, shout out to Wyndham Rotunda too, man. I freaking, you guys know this is a pro, this is a pro Bray Wyatt Wyndham Rotunda type of platform because of how talented the dude is. There's the shirt, <laughs> rep my man, Br- my man Brian repping the Bray Wyatt merch, man. Freaking love it. I need to get, I need to get me some freaking Bray Wyatt merch, man. I'm not, I'm not a fan that, I'm not a fan that likes purchases a lot of merch, but definitely if I were to buy some merch, it would be freaking some Bray Wyatt type of stuff, man, or something yeah. along those lines. But yeah, but yeah, shout out to Bray. Hopefully he comes back soon. Hopefully those rumors are true. Um, because be man, awesome, he man. is he is definitely freaking needed back in, in this company for sure um, with just of how talented he is. So, but we'll see, man, in regards to this whole, that whole uncle howdy shtick. And I know not a lot of people for justified reasons weren't on board with it because like I mentioned in previous episodes, it did did leave with a lot of questions and answers in regards to like where it was going and the character development and everything. So, so but
1: and then not, again, not to get too off topic here, but have you seen the, you know, things recently about like, um, you know, kind of like the original plans with, you know, the, the Wyatt six or whatever. And, you know, like yeah, Jared I mean, yeah, you know, refused mm-hmm. to work with Vince. So it kind of like fell apart, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I mean, I don't know if if that's the case, you know, I I guess shit happens. And and what else can you say about it? But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see.
0: Yeah, we shall see. Uh, We shall definitely see. And again, hopefully this whole thing with Cody and Brock is just just freaking dust, dust it off and just throw it to the side. Hopefully we never have to remember anything about this fucking feud. Hell it's again with the feud with no story nor explanation. Again, I brought again that I, I really I legit believe like that has to be a first to where a story with no fucking story. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I freaking have to like I'd have to like do my research in regards to like past feuds because I've never seen anything like this. But hopefully after SummerSlam uh it's just done man. Cody Rhodes can win this match and just hopefully continue just try to get back on the same trajectory that he was towards WrestleMania. So we'll see in regards to that, but let's get into our next topic. And our next topic is the women's tag title match. And Oh boy. So, uh, so obviously of course, and we've talked about this, Brian too, before we get into the match itself, Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez. Right, smiling Santana is what I want to call her because all she does <laughs> is <a> fucking smile. <laughs> right, uh, and listen, m- much love to Raquel, man. I mean, she seems she seems like a lovely person, and she works hard, and she loves the business I think and everything. She's going to be a star, you know. She, I mean, and that's the thing, and yeah, and, and it's funny you mentioned that, right? Because I'm looking at the visual, right, like Rhea Ripley and Raquel face to face, and I'm thinking this could be cool. But the problem is, is that I feel like it's just being rushed because there's really no like again, similar to Cody and Brock. As much as we we want to jump on the bandwagon and jump on the feud because we like because we like these two individuals, it's like there's no story. Like it's it, and it's weird, right? Because the whole purpose of it, and I'm gonna get to your thoughts, Brian, in just a second when I explain this, is that the whole purpose of this interaction is that Rhea is threatening. Raquel because she wants her to stay out of she wants them to stay out of her business right I think they interfered in like one segment to where I think it was the Natalia match where Rhea Ripley faced Natalia she attacked her after the match this was like weeks ago and they they helped Natalia they came to the aid for Natalia and then the week after that she's like yeah stay out of my business and then like she and now Rhea is getting into their business like What, you see where I'm going with this, Brian? It's like, what business since that one tiny interaction that they've been involved in? It doesn't make any sense to me. She's threatening them to stay out of their business. And again, they haven't been in your business. So why are you interrupting them in interviews backstage before their big title match? So that's just fucking weird. So, and, and here's the thing with Raquel, right? I like Raquel. Can she be special? Can she be good? Uh, of course she can. But I, I always talk about timing, man. You gotta, you gotta put these wrestlers in title matches to where people really care about what you're doing. And, and I feel like nobody's really getting that with Raquel. She she she, she flexed exactly her back right her, she flex her back muscles and what the fuck else does she do? <laughs> that that's yeah. that's it, you know? So Rhea Ripley, she headbutts the shit out of Liv backstage. And they get there's a brawl between Rhea and Raquel. Rhea takes out Raquel's leg, so now Raquel's you know selling the leg injury. Oh, she might have to. She might have the the match has to be called off because of the injury or whatever. So now, so, and of course their, their opponents are Sonia Deville and Chelsea Green. Free. <laughs>
1: her man
0: freaking not... shout out to samantha irving she is fucking Absolutely. awesome i fucking shout crack out. up every time i hear that shit sonia deville and chelsea green <laughs> <laughs> She says shout out to her hi samantha how are you shout out to you absolutely. you are freaking awesome i love that Dude, shit. she uh,
1: she is arguably the best i've ever heard man she is
0: fantastic she, she really is man she really yeah. is she really is awesome uh for real shout out to her absolutely so but yeah let let us get in let let us get into this match itself so it's Liv morgan and raquel rodriguez versus sonia deville and Chelsea Green again. Does sounds familiar? It should because again, we've seen this match a gazillion fucking times already. And and keep in mind, guys, live in live in Raquel. They have now held these titles for get ready for this, Brian, fifteen days. Yeah. <laughs> guys, I'm not kidding, fifteen yeah. days. They took away those titles from Shayna and Ronda, and now here they are in a in a tag title match. And you kind of got the feeling. After the Raquel injury, they're like, don't. And and of course, teasing this Rhea, this Rhea Ripley thing, yep. you're thinking in the back of your head, you're like, don't tell me they're going to do what I think they're about to fucking do, are they? And yeah, guys, they did it. <laughs> freaking, freaking Sonia takes out Raquel's leg during the match. Chelsea Green hits the unprettier, followed by a running knee from Sonia Deville. And ladies and gentlemen, I shit you not. After a 15 day title reign, we have new. WWE Women's Tag Champions and it's Sonia Deville and Chelsea Green are your new fucking tag team champions. Congrats to Sonia and, and Chelsea. All right. Props to them. And we talked so much, uh, Brian, about freaking Chelsea Green and her character development and just the segment that she's involved in with Pierce. It's comedy gold, right? We, we spoke right. about this connection and shout out to her. And this has nothing to do with with Chelsea green or Sonia Deville winning these titles. It's just the fact that how we're getting to these, to these title changes and how over the past month, we've had three fucking title changes. I, I mean, if that's not a recipe of not giving a fuck about this women's tag title division, I, I don't know what is, you know, and it's, and, and like people, and this is what's weird too, Brian. It's just like, you know, Okay, it's Sonia Deville and Chelsea. Oh, we respect and admire them. We like there's potential there. Let's see how it goes. Well, we know how it's going to go. Fucking nowhere. They're going to probably lose these titles. Like, what, what makes me believe that they're going to hold on to these titles for no more than a month or two? Like, s- somebody give me the belief of that because I don't trust it. And we're going to keep flip-flopping these titles. And we want to know why Sasha Banks... And Naomi took their ball and fucking left and thinking and thinking to themselves, what the fuck are we doing when you're, you come, you put us in a tag team to elevate this tag division and you're doing nothing to help or showcase that. And, and this is no different from playing hot potato week after week after week, man. It makes yeah. no fucking sense. It's not even about Sonia and, and Chelsea winning these titles. It's not even about that, man. And good for them. Right, and I hope they do do something with these titles, but it's just how we're getting to these title changes, and the crowd reaction, man. Like the crowd really didn't fucking care. I, I, yeah. I mean, in where were they in Atlanta, Georgia last night? There was hardly any big of a pop at all. There was just more of like a oh okay, good. a golf clap. Good for freaking. That, that's all you got. When yeah. these title changes should mean something, man. These are not. These are not props. These are these are prestigious titles that need to be booked as such, man. And they're not. And and that's what frustrates me more than anything. And you take these titles off of Liv and Raquel for 15 days for what? To put Raquel in a title match, a world title match against Rhea Ripley? Come on, man. It's just it's it's weird. It's just weird, and it doesn't make any fucking sense. That's going to really great. It's a for SummerSlam of all pay-per-views, right? If this was like a night of champions or a backlash then okay, this is SummerSlam, bro. This is the second biggest pay-per-view event of your calendar year. And you have Raquel again, no shade to Raquel, but the way she's been booked and how she's been developed, you're now having her smiling Santana Raquel Rodriguez face Rhea Ripley in a like, like what are we fucking doing? I, I yeah. just like what like what does that does that make me that much more excited for Rhea Ripley's title reign? Like we talked about Brian not too long ago about Rhea Ripley, like give her a feud and and can that be such with Raquel? Sure. But they haven't done anything. They just they have Rhea saying, Stay out of my business. They're not in your fucking business. You've been more in their business that they've been in yours. Right. It's so weird, man. But yeah, I, I know, I know, I, I ranted for several minutes there, but again, I just I, I just had to bring that up, man. But Brian, your thoughts in regards to uh, this title change and this whole situation as well with, with Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley.
1: Yeah, I second everything you said, man. Um, the only silver lining that I can hope for is, well, I'll, I'll take it from a couple different aspects. As far as the the tag team championships, um, dude, I, I think... Again, okay, so so Sonia and Chelsea have won it now, full stops. Give them a run, like yeah, you know that's it, like right. Um, so you know, I get your your point about you know flip flopping the titles, and I agree. Uh, but but I think Chelsea and Sonia are solid. They they will be good to you know. You just broke up uh, Shayna and Ronda, so they're no longer a tag team. You know, freaking Raquel now is going after the world title. So you need to build your tag division up again, which mm-hmm. again, I don't trust them to do, but yeah. if you are really going to invest in that, then absolutely give Chelsea and Sonya this run.
0: Yeah. No, a, I, I don't mind
1: stable, it. You know, team and build the tag team division through them. I'm good. Right. With that. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Will they do it? Probably not. Probably not.
0: <laughs> Um, yeah, and no, and no, absolutely, and, and that's the thing too, Brian. It's like it's not—it's not even about them winning the titles. Because I have no issue w- with them holding on to titles. Because again, they've right. actually have done have done well with Chelsea and Sonia. There's a little bit of a connection there that people can gravitate towards, especially with Chelsea Green and what she's got rocking with with her character. Absolutely, yeah. it's just like, and and it's back to what you said, Brian. And that's kind of the main thing about this entire situation. I don't trust this company, man. Cause yeah. I've seen, cause everything previous about these titles, this entire year in re- the booking of these championships, like, like what makes us the fans, right? Me and you and everybody in this, in this ruthless talk community think that, yeah, like let's, let's see how this goes, man. Like let's, I really think that they're going to really put a, really do a, have a solid title reign. They're going to be booked really prestigious. Like, what makes us think that (laughs) like, it's just like at this point, these titles are so meaningless. It's just like, you know, they're going to have to do triple 10 times the work to do such. And it's, and it's just weird that how with live and live is just kind of an afterthought out of all of this. And it's a shame that she, I believe she got injured yet again, by the way, Um, which also sucks. Yeah. And I'll have to do more research in regards to that, but I'm pretty sure she got injured yet again, which fucking sucks, man. Shout out to Liv and hopefully she's okay. I have to look more into that. A lot of people have been getting injured as of late. Freaking Bailey, freaking Elton Prince from Pretty Deadly and now Liv Morgan, all that stuff. It's been definitely, nobody wants to see that uh, uh, for sure. But with Liv, man, it's just like, so you're pumping up Raquel, which is fine. I don't mind that because again, it's not, It's not my company. I don't care who you push. Just make me care about them. And they haven't done that ever since she's debuted on the main roster. You know, and now you take that development and you expect not even the IWC, Brian, not even the hardcore wrestling fans, but casual fans that are watching SummerSlam, right? The casual wrestling fans and they come across Raquel like who, who the fuck is that <laughs> uh, Raquel Rodriguez? Like who, who is this? Like, and they have to look up on their freaking their, their Twitter machines and their freaking uh, freaking Google search. And like, who is Raquel? Like Raquel Rodriguez, who the fuck is like, it's just the truth, man. Some people may not like what I'm saying. It, it's just the, tr- it's just the honest truth. It's, and, and that's just, you know, I, I don't want to have to say that, but it's just, I have to, you know, like I would be more invested with live and Raquel or excuse me, live in, and, and, uh in and Rhea, then Rhea versus Raquel. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's just, they have done nothing with Raquel t- to make me give a shit about her besides yeah. her great back muscles. And Hey, they're good fucking back muscles. I'll give her fucking credit. You know, she hits the gym twice a day. I fucking love that. So do I, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just, that's, that's just it, man. It's just, I don't trust this company because they don't give me a reason to do such man, and, and just yeah. playing flip and just flip-flopping the titles every week. It's just like, I'm over it, man. I'm just yeah. over it. It's just like, I, until I see a title reign that's freaking that lasts more than freaking maybe five, hell, not even five freaking three to four months, then, then, okay. And, and you make it like worth watching of what they're doing then. Okay. But until we get there, I'm. So, I, I just. I don't trust it, man. So I, I just don't. But yeah. Before we get into our final topic, Brian, your thoughts in regards to all that.
1: Yeah. So I'll go into to the Rhea and uh, Raquel thing. Um, yeah, I mentioned last week, man. I mean, you you've given Rhea's had nothing since she won the title, and no. could a feud between Rhea and Raquel be good? Yeah. However, again, like you said. No, you've you've done nothing with Raquel as far as character development.
0: No.
1: You've put Rhea in no feuds, no storylines, and and now we're two weeks away from SummerSlam. So now they're going to have a match in two weeks where you're not really going to fucking tell a story, and then we're just going to move on. So how does this help anybody? I mean,
0: yeah, okay, It doesn't, you put Raquel yeah.
1: in a big stage. It's it's not doing anything for Rhea or her title run. I mean, you, hmm. you've had. She's had what three, four opponents with no fucking storyline in any of them. No. Um. Yeah. And Raquel again. Yeah. I think it's. I think she can be a star. She's she's done decent and good in what she's been given so far. Um. But but right now, you know, in a in a two week story to go into a, a title match at SummerSlam, no. No.
0: No, uh, yeah, absolutely. So
1: yeah, man. I, I, I don't know. It's uh, you know, Rhea's gonna win, obviously. Or fuck, I hope so. Uh, but again, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's gonna win. You
0: but never know I, with this company, nothing, man. Yeah, man. They, you really, you really don't.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, she's gonna win. But, but she probably is. Sense. Yeah, you pumped off with her, so right. Okay, so now we're we're going out of SummerSlam, and uh, I don't know what's the next pay per view. Maybe a week and a half, 2 weeks before that one you can start another fucking feud with some random person for no reason. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs>
0: like you said, man, yeah, she's it, been it's, it's, um, she's been she's been Dominic's girlfriend more than she's been the actual freaking you know, women's world champion. Like it's yeah, fucking yeah. it's fucking weird, man. If you, it it's just it makes no sense, man. It it really it really it just it just doesn't, dude. Like and Rhea Ripley and we've spoken so highly about Rhea even at at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like it's not even, not even just like we talk about Cody Rhodes and how the mystique of his momentum ended at WrestleMania. It ended for Rhea Ripley too. Like nothing yeah. about Rhea Ripley after after WrestleMania. You know, there's nothing that what she's involved in that makes you want to watch, make you want to no. watch her. Not Nothing at all. Not even with the whole Judgment Day. The Judgment Day haven't done shit, which is just, it's just so... It's just weird, man. It it just really is, and and you know, and just people again. People want to wonder why people like Sasha and Naomi they lash out and they want what's best for not just, of course, for them, but for the women's division, man. To build a to build a women's tag division, they took their ball and went home. They got freaking people just freaking just bash them upon bashing them to the highest degree, and now we we see this booking. And we wonder why, you know, yeah, like, because, right. because I don't know, they actually give a fuck about women's wrestling. I don't know. And, and now you see what they're doing and now they've dodged a major bullet, Brian, because you see, and shout out to Trinity Fatu, She won the yeah. impact knockouts women's world champ uh, championship. So shout out to her. Absolutely. <laughs> And if, and Mercedes Monet, of course, you know, she's dealing with her with her injury, her ankle injury. And hopefully she comes back at some point soon. You know, she's dealing with a, a speedy recovery and she's been doing her thing at New Japan. So they're doing their shtick. Now, yes, I understand there's not a whole lot of eyeballs on them when it comes to New Japan and Impact. But, hey, they're, they're freaking they're they're achieving. They're, they're doing stuff what they should have been doing in WWE because they yeah, know they're yeah. worth. They're in, they're in top spots because they took a bet on themselves and they went elsewhere and Hey, they're loving life and they love what they're doing as of right now with new Japan, as well as impact wrestling. So shout out to both of those ladies, man, for getting the fuck out of there and and standing (laughs) up to this fucking company when no one else fucking does, let alone triple H and all those other suits and ties in the back, just fucking ridiculous, but Enough of, that, enough of that, man. Let's actually get into some positive stuff, man, because there is a positive little segment that I do want to get into, and it actually uh, involves Seth Rollins, right? Yes, Mr. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah, that's Seth Rollins, right? Yeah, I actually have some positive stuff to talk about him, and that's a, in a segment that he was involved with Finn Balor. He was in a sit-down backstage interview, and I don't even have notes for this. This is just off the top of my head. So he's in this backstage interview with Byron Saxton, uh, Finn Balor kind of interrupts and it's just this really this face-to-face like this really intense face-to-face with one another and it was just a really cool setting um, and just going both of them going back and forth. He's like, listen, he's like, Finn's like, listen, you know why I'm here, you know, make the match, you know, freaking, you know, let's challenge me at, at SummerSlam and Seth's like, listen, you either got two options like you either step up it's like seems like you're looking for a fight or something along those lines, right? You either step up or get out of my face. And then freaking Finn Balor just backs off and, Finn, and Seth's like, all right, sorry about that, guys. Are we done? All right, we're done. And then all of a sudden, a chair's thrown at Seth's freaking face. Finn Balor's attacking him and throwing punches at him. And freaking Finn Balor just standing tall over Seth as he be- beats him down some more. So damn, damn freaking good segment, man. And, that, and that's what I yeah. mean, Brian, about, you know, you don't have to move mountains in regards to just telling a good story at a segment. Like, this is a segment to where okay, if you continue to build it properly, I could really get into this match at SummerSlam. I really could, you know, and, and, and I, and you know, that this, and it's a start, right? Cause now you got two more weeks left. If you keep it going, Hey, there, there could be something there. You know, I wish, you know, I wish we couldn't have a rematch, you know, a rematch on top of a rematch with these two, but I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, I mean, beggars can't be choosers at this point. It's probably going to be their last and final match. Cause it is SummerSlam. So, but yeah, man, so I mean, this is, these are the type of segments that can work, bro. You know, even for somebody like Seth, who I know for, for months since we've had this podcast, I've not got behind the character because the character makes no sense. It doesn't fit the baby face persona. He's gotten a rid of, he's gotten rid of that whole Joker type of shtick with his character a little bit, you know, in regards to that, his outfits are still fucking, just fucking whack. <laughs> the, some of the shit, like, again, he's invading Becky Lynch's closet every fucking week. Um, with the outfits that he's got on, but, um, but yeah, like even for Seth Rollins, like it works. And then with Finn, like stuff like this with Finn works, man, you know, even for the judge, like, you know, we talked about with the judgment day and how everybody in the judgment day is just, it's helped one. It's helped everybody in that faction. And I felt like with Finn, as of late, he needed, he needed something to, he needed something or a segment or two like this to really, to get his, I can't really say momentum, but just to remind us of how good Finn Balor can be, and yeah. and this, this was it, man. So props to both men. They put on a tremendous segment. They there was uh, in the main event. I think uh, Seth came out bef- during the introductions of the. Of course, there was another tag title match between Sami Zayn and KO in the Judgment Day. Why I don't know. <laughs> Does it sound familiar? It should because it's the same fucking ending to Raw every single week. Uh, but yeah, man. And as he attacks Finn Balor before the bell during introductions, um, I could, I would have laid off of that for another week. I would have just had Finn Balor just stand tall. And then maybe you set up something next week. Maybe they brawl in like the freaking where are they going to be at next week? Fricking, uh, I don't even know where they're at next week, whatever city they're in next week. Right. right you know, right. The, have them like brawl in the streets or whatever city they're in, in a fucking hotel room right? Like something backstage, like get away from the ring, make the visual, like just, you know, that much more important, you know, it's just like make, like make the moment in the segment, you know, just intriguing to be like, man, okay, I have to watch this match now at SummerSlam, you know, just get creative. You know We see so many backstage segments and promos in the ring, like get away from that, man, like really get creative and think outside the box. And this was, this was a segment where it kind of did that, where it was simple but yet there was a lot of, you know, it affected and it did its job, you know? So, but yeah, Brian, your, your thoughts in regards to this world title match and, uh, your thoughts on this segment between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins.
1: I thought it was a really, really good segment, man. Um, yeah, it kind of, the the setting of it and, and the seriousness and the intensity between the two. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really good, man. Um, so, you know, that, that being said, going into SummerSlam, uh, Look, I think Finn's got to win here. I, I really, really do. Um, you know, for, for what that means going forward within the Judgment Day and just for, for Finn himself, um, yeah, I, I think he's got to win this. And and this new kind of, again, just the way he delivered that, that promo and, and talking to Seth uh, in, yeah. in that segment, yeah, it, it was freaking great, man. Um, and, and if he can continue kind of that that thing – Man, I'm all here for it, dude, for sure. Yeah, that absolutely, was
0: good. Yep. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've seen we've seen so many times of Finn Balor just, especially as a baby face, right? He'll come out there with his fucking collar jacket, his big big smile on his face, and his tight trunks. And if he doesn't turn into the demon, then I mean, how much of Finn Balor are you really caring about? You know. Right. And again, and part and part of that wasn't his fault. That's just how he was. Just booked as you know, he was just another average you know, dude in his trunks, just another guy on the roster. Right. But now with judgment day and you put him in a sticks like this, it can work, man, you know, but yeah, no. And and that's the thing too. And and to, to wrap up Monday night raw and um, just this, and and this, this segment as well as, as well as this match for SummerSlam. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, Especially with Damian priest and Finn. Because I'm sure they're going to continue some type of a story with that. Um, Again, even though I understand people may understand and maybe can get behind Damian Priest winning the briefcase. Again, I can take it or leave it with Damian Priest. I I, I like Damian Priest. I think that he, he can be something in this industry. It's just that he hasn't been... He's not at that level to where LA Knight is right now which is mega over right. with the crowd. And I feel like you right. give that, because here's the thing, and I'm going to talk more about this as well when we get to SmackDown. It's like, imagine, Brian, right? It's like, when, when you're giving the rocket to somebody in regards to Damian Priest, it's like, they're at that point to where they're over with the crowd and all they need, right, to get to superstardom, right, the way The Rock was, Stone Cold, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, is that all you need to do is just give them that one little bit, little that little tiny push with your pointer finger, boop, just like that. And then boom, they just go to superstardom. Right. Whereas with Damian priest, I feel like it's, it's like you're giving him this briefcase to hope and pray that he gets over. Right. Like, Oh, here's the briefcase. Let's, you know, now you can let's, it's, but it's the opposite though. Like you give these, you, you give these opportunities to the guys that are already over. You know what I'm saying? It's like, imagine if stone cold, Steve Austin never won the King of the ring tournament. You know, like, you know, like Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Right. And the rest is history. Right. That's all he needed. And then the rest is history. And he became the stone cold that we all know and love today. You know, with Damien Priest, right. As much as he was, you know, he, he's, he had his moments with the judgment day. I agree. But was he at, to that level to where, you know, everybody needs to see what Damien Priest is doing. The answer's really no. And, and that's, that's my problem. Brian is that we're We're giving these title opportunities to people that are not that are just not over <laughs> that are not ready for it you know like yeah. again l a night yeah is fucking ready for it, regardless of how he got there i understand he hasn't he hasn't been booked as such, and now the notion is is that oh he needs to struggle right he needs to he needs to overcome a little bit of adversity he needs to win he needs to gain like you're already making it harder for the dude. He's already over. He's already done his job. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how he got there. Like all you, need, he's already gotten that organically. All you need to do as a company is to be behind him. It's just as simple exactly. as that, man. And that and that doesn't mean you can't be behind Damian Priest and try to get him over. But it's not going to work if you just give him a briefcase and expect everyone to care because it because nobody's going to man. But again, I know I went off topic there and we're going to talk more about LA night. Trust me. But, but back to this title match, man, this world heavyweight title match. Yeah. It's and Brian. I'm kind of, I, I I don't know. I'm torn with it, man. Cause as much as I would like to see Finn and there is, there could be ways to where yes, with priests, it can be fun. It, it can be, it can lead to something But man, it's just how long has Seth Rollins held this title now, Brian? I want to say it's been what about
1: three months?
0: About three months.
1: So since
0: uh, it was Night of Champions, right? He won it at Night of Champions, which was what I believe it was back in was it May? I believe April or May. May. April or May. So it's been around around three months, right? And that's the thing too with this world heavyweight championship. So already your first title reign and it's a three month. So I don't know, man, it's just, you're trying to make this title prestigious You know how prestigious can it be if you're losing it in three to four months. So that's why I'm torn. Right. No doubt. Like Finn Balor, like uh, taking another loss, man would just like, especially if you're trying to tell a story with Damian priest, like fuck dude. (laughs) I mean, how many losses can somebody do take, man? You know, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But no doubt, man, Brian, like I I can, I can hear where you're coming from in regards to Finn. Like I can see Finn winning this championship. I can definitely see it. Um, I can definitely see them maybe going that route, but I don't know. It's just the way they've gotten there. It's just, they've put themselves in such a pickle to where, okay, you know, we want to tell the story with Judgment Day and Finn Balor and Priest. But at the same time, it's like, Eh, we want to make this title prestigious. We just gave the title to Seth. It's already been only three to three months, not even four months. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It's 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 hit or miss for me. I have to see what they do moving forward and and how the match is is being done. So, but yeah, Brian, your thoughts in regards to that before we get into SmackDown.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can go back to even when they created this title in Seth one. Like I, I didn't see him holding on to it for more. Than the summer, you know, um, yeah, at, at best. yeah, uh, so you know, for for whatever reason or, or whatever, um, but yeah, I and, and to be honest, um, again, if if Finn can continue this little character change and momentum and build on that, yeah, I'd rather have fit see Finn as the champion than Seth Roll- Rollins personally.
0: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely,
1: um, so absolutely, yeah, um, I, I think he's got to win here. Uh, but yeah, we'll see.
0: We'll see. No, we should definitely no. We, yeah, we a- absolutely. And I think with uh, and I, and I think with Seth. And it's it's you know sometimes we also think like you know maybe sometimes like the championship could also be doing in, in regards to Seth Rollins's case, like the way that it's being built and everything. Sometimes the more you hold on to that championship, the more it does harm to you. You know what I'm saying? Because sure. again, like as much as we thought Seth was deserving of the world championship, you know, it's just, I I, I don't know. It's just like, you know, the more it's like with Austin theory, right? The dude's holding on to the United States championship and nobody gives a fuck. I I mean, nobody. And that's the thing with Seth Rollins, character outside of his, his harmonization of his theme song. What's, what's there to really gravitate towards about Seth? Sure. Maybe segments like you saw this past Monday, that's a start, but three months into this 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 experiment, man. So, but yeah, I mean, I can totally see it happening. The title switching hands here, um, but yeah, with and in regards to Finn, you would think that he would have to win because again, this dude can only take so many freaking losses. He took one freaking curb stop and freaking money in the bank, and he was done. So. Yeah. They're really gonna have to get creative, man. They're really gonna have to really think outside the box, and I'm sure Damian Priest is gonna get involved. They're gonna try yeah. to make everybody stay face. So we shall see, man. But hey, in regards to what this segment was, just to recap it all, to what this segment was, hey, no harm, no foul. I'll freaking take these segments any freaking day of the week, yeah. um, you know. So I'll I'll, I'll freaking take it, and hopefully this is, <laughs> again, not banking on it, but with two weeks left the build. Now they're going to have to really kick this thing, uh, to, to really kick this thing into high gear, moving into SummerSlam. So, but that is Monday Night Raw, guys. That's pretty much everything with Monday Night Raw. And I will say, overall, you know, this was actually for, for the most part, and and this is this could be shocking to a lot of people. For most, out of most Monday Night Raws, Brian, that we've covered, this was actually a very entertaining Monday Night Raw. For, for what it was, I mean, honestly, you know, right? I mean, you had the frick, you had the frickin', I mean, hell, a, a Viking rules match, right? It was actually fucking entertaining as shit. Yeah, and you can yeah. thank the Alpha Academy for it, right? For at least for what it was. They made it work. Again, just don't do that shit ever again. I don't need to see that like every other frickin' two weeks, right? Um, Yeah, I, I mean, for what it was, it was, was, was there a lot of problems and issues in, the, in, in this, in this, uh, in this show? No question, absolutely, but for, but comparing to most Raws that we've covered over the past several weeks, better than most, man. Honestly, just again, just being honest, man. Um, not, not a bad. It was it, at least this sh- to be fair, Brian, it by the end of the show, I wasn't like half asleep. <laughs> I was actually somewhat entertained with the show to where by the time we got to the main event, I didn't want to switch and flick and and, and turn the channel off. <laughs> By the time yeah, we no, get I to the, what saying, it, it you see weird. what I'm saying? I mean, so at least was kept of, me.
1: There was yeah, it was like, just a, you know, holes and shitty storylines still, but for, for somehow in some way, there was still like entertaining shit throughout. So yeah, yeah.
0: right, exactly yeah. for what the segments and matches were. I mean Gunther and freaking Matt Riddle. I mean the chops yeah. delivered. The I mean that shit was it was a damn solid match. Don't know what it. I mean for Matt Riddle. I mean I don't know where he goes from here. Um, Gunther cutting a promo is like this is the best thing that's that's happened to your pathetic lives. <laughs> cutting a promo on top of the fucking love that shit, man. Yeah. Just little small little details that not so minor. Again, it's nothing crazy, but hey, for what it was, it's entertaining, man. So hey, for Monday Night Raw for this week. You know, and I know this, this is, this is very rare guys. I'm I'm giving a small golf clap for Monday night raw. So, Hey, you know, are they, can they continue this momentum? I don't know, but Hey, for this week, it was entertaining and I'm going to take that ball, Brian, and I'm going to fucking run with it. So.